0: From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible.
1: So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're homebrew bound.
0: Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. I'm in the studio
1: today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never know what you're gonna say, man, and I love it. Strap on. All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout-out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do love to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the, the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the fur link to the bottom of our homepage, or use Blind-Ninja-Studios at checkout and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppin' Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Sinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to be a patron, head over to patreon.com slash and become a patron today. Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately, my
1: friend? I went to Pitchfork today and had their Smash beer and talked to Mr. David Wally McNutt. Oh, yeah. And they had Vista Hopped Smash IPA. Ooh, that sounds really good. I gotta admit, and I hate admitting this, but I don't, Know if I was aware of Vista as a variety for hops?
0: Vista uh, hop. I don't. I definitely. Yeah, it, you need so. to Google my computer. Uh, y- Yakima Valley. Yeah. Um, let's see. Vista aroma, tropical fruit, tangerine, melon, pear, green tea. <laughs> Right. Uh, I mean, this is the first year that Vista hops are widely available. Oh, that's why.
1: Yep. Okay, so it must have been experimental 439870. They they emerged from the Elite
0: line uh, because of brewers' feedback at the 2019 Hop Source Uh. that was put on by BA and hosted here at Yakima Valley Hops. Brewers who participated in the blind smell test described Vista as having stone fruit, citrus, tropical fruit, and floral characteristics. It ranked highly on the hedonic score, with most brewers liking it very much or liking it moderately. It also ranked 7 out of 10 on the potency scale, so it can excel in fruit-forward IPAs and pale ales. Brewers also said it would work well in lighter, more delicate styles like lagers and pilsners.
1: Do do they say where it came from? Like, who's the... Parent and yada yada like, uh,
0: It was previously named USDA Elite Line 074 Okay um, It was released by the USDA Breeding Program It doesn't say where
1: Okay uh, Either way uh, Very tasty beer uh, And then also had Some text messages from Mr. Mike Fredrickson That He was having some some chiller issues. And I, man, I feel that like these big ass 25 ton chillers that sit on the roof or outside the back of the brewery are very, very tough to deal with. And so as I say, I hope every episode, like (laughs) as a home brewer, when you've got like smaller equipment, like you're the king of the castle, like, like you can do so much cooler shit. Uh, as a home brewer than you can as a commercial brewery and so kudos to you high fives but yeah that's what I've been up to beer related lately not a whole lot and what about you man? Uh,
0: yeah so I made my way to um, Indianapolis for Gen Con which we'll uh, I, we'll talk about the Gen Con uh, specific beer from Sun King but we hit a couple of breweries there every year uh, I really want to give a shout out to St. Joseph Brewing uh, they are a small brewery in an old church, and they have, uh, like, the entire thing, it's still set up like an old church. They basically have the fermenters uh, where the preacher would stand, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really cool. Uh, they have, like, custom stained glass that's all brewer-themed um, with, like, hops and stuff going cool. through it. It's really cool. Um, and we go every year. It's kind of like tradition now. Um, and they had cool stickers that they gave us and everything. So yeah, big shout out to uh, Saint Joseph. A lot of German style, <coughs> a lot of German style beers that they do. Um, beyond that, not a ton beer related. I have some hops that are ready for harvest, so that was I have to do cool like a little mini how many hop harvest. Years have you had? I uh, planted them last year, so this is the second year. So it's about three years from what I hear before they really start coming in. Yeah, and then
1: they'll just take over, and you'll be like, "Why did I do this?" Yeah, <laughs> like 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 all of the mint in the yard. Yeah,
0: that was here when I moved in. Like, there's there's a ton of mint in the yard that I have to deal with. <laughs> uh, so have mint and hops. So I'll have a great smelling yard in the fall. Nice. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this, uh, this beer before we get into our discussion topic, where we're going to talk about high ABV brews, uh, like pitfalls and workarounds, uh, like dealing with that. So we have in front of us the official beer of Gen Con this year. So Sun King Brewery is the official brewery of Gen Con, um, which is like the big board game convention in Indianapolis. Um, and this is uh, Hive Mind which is an English-style mild ale with honey. So what do they mean by with honey? I'm guessing they added honey at some point. Yeah, but when? Well, why don't we try it and find out? Oh, I'll tell you when they added the honey. (laughs) Uh, So this is, uh, be mindful that this beer may take over your life brewed with honey. Hive Mind is a mild ale that's sure to delight.
1: They have breweries in India. Indi- wow, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Sarasota. I'll be damned.
0: Wait, Sarasota, Florida?
1: It says Sarasota, Florida, yeah. And then it says on the can official beer of Gen Con. Also, the there is like a skull with um honeycomb and then D twenties in for the eyes. Like this is possibly the sickest art I have seen on a can ever. They do I a really good job year. day. Don't say that lightly because I have created a few beer labels in my time. Shit, right. yeah, this is so cool, dude. Also, look—it's the um, the bee from. Uh, it looks like uh, Galaga. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's uh, oh. it's it's very much. Um, did you ever play that uh, the new the newish
1: arcade cabinet Killer Bee? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. It's very much that. This is such a cool label, huh? Well, we'll just throw it in the trash and move on. Just kidding. Well, I mean,
0: this, so this is the first time I've been able to bring back a Gen Con beer, so I'm excited to try it How did you bring it back? Uh, Carlos flew first class, so we got two free check bags. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why did he fly first class? Uh, because, well, so I flew first class there, and, mm-hmm. but then I flew uh, Comfort Plus back, but there were no Comfort Plus uh, seats available when he booked. And it was only like a hundred bucks each way to do first class. And he's like, well, I don't fit in a regular seat, so yeah. I'm going to do first class. Yeah. For those that don't know, Carlos is like nine feet tall. Yep. Um, aroma wise, very sweet. I get like honey biscuit, sweet
1: biscuit, caramel, um,
0: <sighs> oh, anybody God. who's watching live just saw me snort beer, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, good, uh, Caramel layering, I think, in the malt. Um, I think the – the I do feel like the honey was added in – I think it was post-fermentation. Post, because of – I'm thinking that – well, I don't know. Like, I just – I don't know how much it would add. Probably not that much for – if it were in, in the uh, boil. Like, it, I don't feel like it would add this layer. I went ahead and tasted it already, so mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But, like – yeah, caramel layering. There is noble hop on on the nose as well. Uh, it there is definitely a hop character. I don't. I didn't see if what this was at IBU wise, but I would imagine that there was some uh, fourteen. Later,
0: according to Untapped Edition, five percent ABV, uh, crystal clear. By the way, mm-hmm. like holding up to the patented beer light, I'm getting this really nice. Um, like golden
1: brown, like yep. there is a bitterness quality to this that balances the beer out, but there is also a soft, round character to it, and this this beer is incredibly balanced. Like I've only had a few sips, but it's 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 when I, anytime I see honey on anything, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be cloying and it's gonna be bullshit. And this is a good, firm balance, um, which is really hard it, to do. It doesn't, like, it's sweet, but it doesn't
0: hit me as cloying. It hits right in that middle, it's a nice, round
1: sweetness. I don't think I'm gonna drink, like, three of these, but you don't, you don't just walk outside and trip over an ESB anymore these days. It's a lost style. I'm curious how they decided like, yeah, we're going to do an English style
0: They they do a um they they put it up to a vote every year. They have like three or four. No way. Yeah. How is it not an IPA every year? <laughs> I don't know. Uh but I'm do people so get to glad. like I I think it? I think they vote on the name. Oh, okay. And not the style, so I think they just released the names. Hmm. I always remember about like after the uh, about a month after the vote takes place.
1: Yeah, please confirm that because it's a very curious style this day and age to try and do. Oh, it's um, but it's
0: it's so good. There's there's this, this um, this malty, like toasty, it's almost like um toast and marmalade toast and i'm with you on that like yeah. it's, it's a little orangey yep yep i love it it this beer is fantastic it was very very good um
1: cool everything art everything yeah good work some uh, king brewery
0: so uh going from this 5%er should we start talking about high ABV beers yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I think we have a rocket fuel for next episode. So Jesus. Yeah, we do. It's in the fridge. I, I'm frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to drink more than a few ounces of it. So All right, Brian. So high ABV brews, pitfalls and workarounds. So what do we need to consider when we're planning
1: to do a high alcohol beer? So we should probably define what is high alcohol. So we're talking about 1080 OG to like 1120. I don't know how much higher you would get from a mash with that without some kind of addition. Sh- yeah.
0: So we're talking a uh, final, like final uh, ABV of somewhere between like eight and a half, nine to like 1012. Like, 10, like 12% would be kind of oh, the high end 10. 12%. 10, yeah. 13, I mean, yeah, 12, eight,
1: eight and a half. Like, yeah, I guess it, it kind of strikes me as odd that we would think about that as high ABV, but that is actually pretty high.
0: Right. Like, I mean, so. yeah, we're like, that's double, like, high end of like double IPA territory, right?
1: Yeah. So, immediately, one of the challenges is the, like, from an efficiency standpoint, like, when you start jamming that much. Grain into your mash ton and not doing a like some kind of sugar or something, uh, your your uh, brew house efficiency is going to go out the window and it it's going to overflow your mash ton. Um, and you need to think about yeast and all kinds of interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. So um, things to consider is your vessel size. So when you're planning out this beer and you have say 22 pounds of grain. And a mash tun that will only fit twenty. Yep. Eighteen, probably. Like we ran into this when we did the uh, <laughs> the barley wine, right? Yeah. The cold tropical barley wine. Yep. Uh, and we had to pivot. Well, not everybody has all of the um, like the the way to pivot.
1: Right, and so what? What you need to consider here, and the reason why, is you're using like way less water because your vessel is a certain size, uh, your mash tun, and there just less water fits in there because there's more grain. So less water equals less interaction yeah. with the grain and less conversion.
0: So Andy's saying, uh, "Do you have to do an ad hoc decoction mash?" why does he always want to do
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah you do because you you've seen us have to do that. yeah essentially like man that joke works on multiple levels Andy (laughs) um so yeah you'll be using a lot less water per unit of grain when you're mashing and sparging so you know if you got five gallons you know you're Running about eleven to twelve gallons of water through the grain bed when you're uh, sparging, and then um, we're talking about a gallon per pound of grain, like in a normal beer. But high gravity is going to have fifteen ish pounds of grain, and then it's just like fifteen on the low end. On the low end, yeah. And so, yeah. You're so tar- you're talking about like point seven five, you know, per
0: unit or whatever so yeah. it's, it's so i mean something that you can do like if you have a five gallon setup that like barely barely fits everything when you're doing your like pale ales and stuff you're doing your five six seven percent beers uh switch over to adding lme or dme to the boil yeah like you can get a lot of bang for your buck that way especially like if you sub out half of your base for like LME or DME, you're not really gonna lose anything uh, flavor-wise, but you're gonna gain a lot in your extraction.
1: Right. Also, this is a good opportunity to build a second mash tun.
0: <laughs> or just build a bigger mash tun. Uh, like Andy says, you could do Bruzilla to cooler uh, and yeah. do that kind of decoction and have an amazing brew day. Man, he's just setting us up here. Like,
1: it's cool. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you could just do, you could just run two mash tuns and split the grain, two, or just make a bigger one. Add malt extract. Uh, There is nothing wrong with that. No,
0: I think malt extract is honestly the better way to do. Do Mm -hmm. basically a partial mash. Get all of your specialty grains and some of your base malt in there because you need that for conversion uh, to add the enzymes. Um, And then uh, do the rest with LME
1: or DME. Doesn't really matter. I like DME better than LME. There's no shame in using that. Like, don't, if you're just getting started like who cares I I dare you to make a beer with all LME or DME or a mix of both and then brew it and then give it to your friends. There is
0: a massive caveat there. And that is? Freshness of the extract. I don't really feel like this is a massive caveat. It, it well, is a caveat. It is but. a caveat but it's, it's don't like get a like you will not make a great beer if you go and buy a Mr. Beer Kit that's been sitting on the oh, Walmart a, shelf for, yeah, okay, like, with canned DME for 10 years. That's whatever. Yeah.
1: But, you know, if you're going to go to a homebrew store, unless there are no more homebrew home stores, oh, which man. is a whole other We're going to talk about that at the end of the
0: episode, yeah. I think. I think that's, or maybe at the beginning of the next one. I,
1: we'll talk about it on the next one. It's too okay, much. We're yeah. already pretty long yep. into this one, but, yeah, it's. Woof. Anyway, so yeah, on the next episode, if you're going to listen, here's a teaser. We're going to talk about we're going
0: to talk about Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer is
1: going away. So there you go. Well, Northern Brewer is not going
0: away. Well, right, the brick and
1: mortar, this whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, what else do we need to consider when we're doing a high gravity beer? Yeast. Um, Yep. Yeast. Yeast is very like your alcohol
0: tolerance of Mm -hmm. the yeast. Um, or even pitching multiple strains you need to figure that out. Uh, your fermentation process are you going to pitch multiple strains? What temperature are you going to ferment at? Yeah What yeast you're going to use? A good way and I know starters are very important.
1: Right. I know you're a home brewer and you don't want to hear this, but if you want to learn a lot about high gravity fermentation you need you need to brew a few meads. I mean, and if you like brewing beer, that means you like drinking alcohol. So you should probably make a couple meats. Like if you're if you're if you're dead set on on brewing high gravity beer, brew some mead. It'll teach you a lot about how high gravity fermentation works. So we're talking eleven sixty for meads and above i mean you can brew them wherever you want you can do wines too right or wine whatever you want to do i mean if your girlfriend's like i like wine and then you could just make that but high gravity wort puts an enormous amount of stress on yeast and when you're looking for one you need to consider the the tolerance of it so most of the time these when you go buy these yeasts it's going to be listed it's going to say like high gravity tolerance and it'll say like what it is like you have Google, you know how to do this people. So like a lot of these tolerance levels only go from eight to 10%, which means they'll stop fermenting alcohol, uh, anything higher. And the reason they do that is because the alcohol just straight up kills the cell. It's a eukaryotic organism. Yeah. You know, it's not bulletproof. So if you're brewing a 14% barley wine with a regular beer yeast, it's going to stop at 10, period. Like, there's no bones about it. They'll just die. Um, you're going to end up with a high finishing gravity, and that's fine, but it's going to be way too sweet. And then you, you likely didn't consider the, how the balance might work with the hops, which if there's, you know, what there when there's conflict, there's missing information, and so here there's missing yeast, <laughs> so there's conflict, and, like, you know, you might be able to restart it with, like, a champagne yeast or a wine yeast. Like, very likely you will be able to restart it if it stops fermenting. I've done this numerous times. Like, you just dash some of that in there. Um, it'll dry it the hell out, and it won't probably be what you wanted, but, um, yeah. So, uh, another thing is osmotic shock. So, this is, like, mostly dry yeast kind of goes through this um, like high alcohol beers and wines. Like there's, I, I've kind of already talked about this. Like it, it dries everything out. These types of yeast that come in a dry form, um, <laughs> the cells are already kind of stressed from being dried out. And so dry yeast cells aren't able to really regulate what they do until they've been hydrated. And so high gravity yeast have a, like a high sugar concentration. So if you add dry yeast directly to a high gravity wort or like a must in this in the case of like wine and that the pressure from the sugar can break the cell membrane. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: And so b- before the yeast cell wall is in a state like where it can bring things in and change them and then push them out um, I don't know how else to put this, but like it results in a higher death rate of the cell. So you'll have less and less and less and less cells. And what do we know about yeast? We need as many cells as possible. Yep. And so you
0: want to like do like a triple or quad pitch.
1: Yeah. So you really need to like jack that bad boy up. And what you already said was like, make a starter, like if you don't have the means to make a starter, and you just have dry use, like four, throw four packets yep. in instead of two or whatever.
0: Um, and honestly, if you have the ability to use second generation,
1: do yeah. that. Oh my um, gosh, that too. That would really help. But you're like it just is just going to result in the less than optimal pitch. And I also probably I do really think that for even the high gravity strains, and I would never brew five gallons without two packages of yeast anyway well I can, yeah i mean it's so
0: hard to over pitch yeast but you should be like aiming for that to be your goal
1: especially on the like the home brew level so mm-hmm. yeah um properly hydrate the yeast obviously um we've had like numerous discussions yeah. about well
0: and my but also do don't not, don't uh hydrate your yeast like um like you do with bread yeah. Like there's cool. a lot there's a lot of stuff online about like take your dry yeast and hydrate in water before you yeah. put in the thing. Don't don't do that. We learned that in our yeast uh, series if you haven't listened to that, please do. It's fantastic. Um or just read the yeast book.
1: I mean it's, it's <laughs> some like very light reading, of course, like mm-mm. a little bit less light than the water book.
0: <laughs> well, do it in the morning, not right before bed.
1: Jeez. Yeah, so I don't know. There's also a product called Go Firm that, like, will help with that. Um, yeah, make a starter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not. Do not you, that hard. And
0: this is this is a little off topic, but do you remember that time in home brewing? And I don't know if you were still home brewing at the time, or if you were in professional brewing at that point. But when like the big thing was to add Bino. With your yeast to like start breaking up some of those long chain sugars
1: and proteins? I, I literally have never heard of that. That's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Bino is like a like to make you fart less, is it not? Yeah, yeah, because what it yeah. does
0: is it is it breaks up certain proteins, right? That <laughs> cause that. And so it, it breaks things up to make things more easily digestible. Yeah, really. I mean like
1: that's well like lactate now. Like you're yep. breaking up big milk chain proteins so you don't fart all the time when you eat ice cream or something.
0: Uh, but anyway, uh,
1: yeah. So, what else? Fermentation and aging considerations, I guess. Like, Yeah, there's an entire BYO article about Beano. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, if beers that are that big take way longer to ferment and age. Um, most of them take, like, just
0: months. Well, and, yeah, so once fermentation, like, you can hit your final gravity, but it's not done. The cleanup process on this is going to take a while. Um, and so either have the fermentation space to do it, transfer it into a keg with a bunch of the yeast
1: so it can do it. Um, but wait, what's going to happen? You Okay, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to make this this big, huge beer with a ton of sugar. You're going to throw your your well-made starter or your hydrated four sachets of yeast or whatever and this mother is gonna blow immediately this so anytime you do a high
0: gravity beer the one thing you absolutely have to do is add a blow off -off tube tube. instead of an airlock it's gonna blast your
1: airlock and it's gonna hit the ceiling in your your kitchen or wherever I have blown (laughs) up a stainless
0: steel fermenter no way yeah, like oh, I it, think I did know. Yeah, that. yeah,
1: it, like
0: we <laughs> talked about it on the show. From a high, like it wasn't even that high of a gravity beer. I think it was an IPA with what that was at like seven percent. Yeah, and it built up enough pressure to like blow
1: the lid off and deform shit. It's gonna blow, and then it's gonna slow. Like it, and it'll get so slow that you're going to be worried that it stalled. What? Yeah, that it stalled or what is happening? And, um. There, The alcohol rises, the beer gets close to finishing, and then uh, you just need to be patient. Like, I, I know I want the beer to come out, I want to drink it, like, a week after I brew it, but that's just not how the payload yeah. rolls. Like, so after the fermentation is complete, it can take a lot of time for the fusels and the alcohol um, and other flavors like that to kind of mellow, and that's why... You know these barley wines or like any of these bigger beers or barrel age. That's why they need to chill for so long Mm -hmm. and that in some is why they're so expensive to to buy because it just takes time and then some beers like barley wines braggots will take like a year or more period and that's why they also lend to being in barrels because you're like well it needs to clean up anyway you know, we've got a wood substrate that's going to have, like, yeast residuals that are going to scrub, and they're going to pull things... Are you
0: saying it's beechwood-aged? <laughs> I,
1: I don't have any shit to talk about <laughs> beechwood-aging. I think it's a great idea. Like, I don't... It's, it just makes the beer cleaner and better. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's a good substrate. There's a reason why every time you drink a Budweiser, it tastes exactly the same. Like, there's no shit being talked about on this corner of the table. <laughs> <laughs> this corner has a lot of shit to talk about. Whatever. Anyway, so yeah, barley wines, braggots, and what is a braggot again? A braggot is a... Uh, that's a
0: cider with malt in it, right? Yeah, or like a mead. With, or a mead with malt in it. Mul- yeah. So Mal- it's a, it's a simple sugar base with malt in it. Yeah,
1: and I don't remember what the ratio is, 50-50, maybe, whatever. Uh, so in any case, yeah, I don't know, that's about all i know um takes age works well in barrels um yep uh,
0: for for the home brewer uh things to like just kind of wrap up things to keep in mind uh keep your vessel size in mind if you are running up against that maybe do a smaller batch um or build another mash tun or build another mash tun <laughs> i would maybe do the smaller batch it's the cheaper option. Uh, <laughs> they're not buying mash tons through us. We can...
1: Uh, that's why we should sell stuff.
0: Well, you know, you're not wrong. That seems like a lot of work. But you're, you're the you're logistics guy. Way too
1: much work. Uh, Well, I am. But can you imagine, like, our faces on a mash ton? Oh, my God. Like I would every, buy that mash ton. Every time Andy brewed, <laughs> they'd be like, Oh, these bastards again. <laughs> Oh,
0: my God. I'm really excited to hear what he thinks about your accent. Um, I don't. That is awful, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you said pastas. No. I know. I said, <laughs> I know what you said. I'm just saying what I thought you said. Call blimey. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so, so reduce your batch size. Uh, use LME, DME to make up the difference. Uh, make, like, have a massive starter. Do that. Um, another option is you can boil longer too to just concentrate Brilliant, but then yeah. again you're doing smaller batch size so yeah. I uh, and,
1: <laughs>
0: and he's like what's that Scottish?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's cause he's a patron and he can see the video feed and he knows my hair is all types of red and beard is very red and that's why he said that. Scottish? Irish? Whatever. Yeah. Hey there's nothing faster on earth than a greased up Scotsman well on that racist note uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> like you've never seen that episode <laughs> of the
1: Simpsons I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons I wasn't either it's a wonder that I know those quotes right
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright Um, where is the outro music so we can get out of here and do the better episode <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think the
1: next one's gonna be better <laughs>
0: I have no idea
1: I All think right. we did a good
0: job. So. I think we did a great job. <laughs> guys, I hope you learned something, because I know I did. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or have you go ahead and just an email at feedback at You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash You can follow us on Instagram at Blind Ninja Studios. We'll see you guys next week. Peace!
1: Bye. Uh-huh.